There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Red Side of the Trent as we join you very shortly after Nottingham Forest's one or sorry, nil-nil draw, sorry, I think in the last season there, nil-nil draw away at Sellers Park, which obviously brought no goals. But it was a clean sheet and it leaves Forest very safely in mid-table with nine points after eight games, which is a huge improvement on last season. I am joined by Reese Lane and our man on the ground was Adam Wicklow. Lee Clark unfortunately got stuck by logistical issues, so we'll have to figure out a way to make him come on up. Whenever we can, probably not going to, but we'll try regardless. But yes, anyway, Adam, we'll start with you, seeing as you were there. A uh, few interesting changes to the team, most notably up front with Chris Woods uh, coming in for the injured Taiwan, which obviously came out on the day of the game uh, with news that he's going to be out for a month, allegedly, anyway. Um, that was obviously pretty bruising. Did you think, that, uh, how much confidence do you sort of lose when you saw that Wood would be starting ahead of Taiwan? Not that it's a slight on Wood at all, but more the influence that Awani has in the forest. Yeah, I think it's it's a difficult one because they're both you'd say they're both quite similar, but they're actually quite different in a way because Awani's quite actually quite deceivingly quick. So that kind of helps. Um but no you've got to kind of give Wood the chance. I think he's much better down the centre, which we've said on this pod in the past and it and it kind of helps if you get balls into the box to him. But I think his job was always to hold the ball up and bring others into play and kind of when he could get opportunities to get in there and, and, and make it difficult for Anderson and and Gurhey, then then he was going to. But it's just it's just a shame that he's not got that turn of pace that that he's got. So it is a bit it's a bit it's a bit worrying that he's out for another month and it's his groin again, which he had last season. But hopefully it will be better managed and like at least it's only it's a month that so he might miss what two three games this season rather than three months like he did last season and hopefully it doesn't affect us as affect us in the long run as as it did last season uh, as much. No, that's true. Obviously we've got international break to sort of swallow part of that as well. So that's nice. But yeah, it's just it's difficult, isn't it? I mean like um we saw well, obviously 
Woods didn't have a lot to go off really. Mike's like he does. He runs and runs and runs and toils a lot. But apart from that one Oreo cross, which he nearly got in the end of, there wasn't really a lot going for him, bless him. But uh, the game race started off pretty well actually. Forrest looks relatively decent. You know, the midfield three, I think it was called, was it, uh, was it Domangare? I think someone are calling it now to sort of fuse Domingo Sangare and Mangala together. Um, that looks to be the first choice midfield now. And it's, I think I'm very impressed with how quickly it sort of meshed those three because they they, look, they all complement each other very well. And, you know, it's, it was quite nice to see Forrest sort of control the ball a bit and the way grounds. Yeah, I mean, I thought we was um, by far the better team in the first half. It's just, um, as we said previously, that, that final product just isn't quite there, is it, at the minute? And um, that's what, that's the reason why we didn't um, win the game yesterday because I thought we were far better side in the first half and throughout, really. The, obviously, Palace obviously had their couple of moments, as I think every team does in this league. But, um, yeah, it's it's that midfield is definitely developing really nicely. And, you know, at, at the minute, it's going to be hard for the likes of Ryan Yates and Danilo when he's back fit to break into that because that three at the minute is looking like the three what's going to, keep the shirts for quite a while. Yeah, definitely. I saw Lee did get um, some stick for his tweet, which he basically said about how the three that we've got now are the three that should be there for the foreseeable. But um, it, it was interesting, going back to the start of the game, Adam, this sort of changes. Obviously, we saw Morgan Gibbs-White line up on the right wing. And was just, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that, but it very nearly paid dividends as he roamed inside with a, a peach of a ball from Morello and mere inches separating Gibbs White's heel and the back of the net. Um, it was interesting to see Forrest sort of go for that more direct approach and it sort of seemed as if Murillo was a sort of perfect sort of prototype for that, if you like. Sort of a, a perfect catalyst, even. It was like a missile, wasn't it? Like, I mean, I, I, we saw last week where he played a few raking passes and then if you obviously look at his YouTube confirmation that that's in his arsenal definitely and I think that's more variation of play than anything else because a lot of the time he would go left to Toffolo or he play through the third so when you've got that extra kind of weapon to use then why not and I mean it was a great run from from Gibbs White and I mean just to get anything on it on the full volley was was great technique it was just unfortunate I think it like kind of comes off his heel if you watch the replay and it kind of doesn't get the direction that it needed to go in the back of the net, but what a goal that would have been. And then just touching on Gibbs White out wide, I don't mind it if you've got an on-bombing right back. I was getting a little frustrated that Aurier wouldn't run into that space because you you kind of take away a player for then Gibbs White to exploit the space inside or, or even get time on the ball to actually do something with it from out wide. So but it, it worked a little bit better when Montiel come on because he's a lot more forward thinking in that instance so it's kind of it, like like we've said it's teething problems it's trying to get that balance in midfield because like Reese said we, we dominated the ball a little bit more but you still need Gibbs White in that pocket to kind of do do something for you don't you it's it is it's an it's kind of a nice problem to have but also not it kind of makes me think that we maybe need another winger in January to kind of supplement that almost as well it, it's a strange one but I didn't. I didn't mind it. We still looked very dangerous majority of the game. 
yeah, I do think that's probably an issue we picked up is that as good as our equipment was in January, we sort of thought we filled all the holes that we had. It does seem we we're kind of a winger light because obviously if one of Alanga or husband or gets injured, it's sort of like, well, now what? Like, does, do we start Origi as a winger? Do we start Kim's White as a winger? Like, it's, yeah, sort of square pegs around holes territory. It's sort of quite a formal manager. But, I mean, Reese, I mean, the first off, I mean, in terms of chances for me, it wasn't necessarily the most exciting of games, if you like. And obviously, Toflo had a decent chance for a corner that, from 30 yards out, which was well parried by Johnston. But, I mean, the best chance of the game, bizarrely, or arguably, anyway, was when Murillo decides to beat six, five, six players, including sending Will Hughes back down the A52 to Derby at one move, uh, leaving Gurhey on his ass. And, I mean... I've never seen in my life a centre-back even attempt that, let alone do it. But had that gone in, obviously goal of the season would have been done, like settled. But in terms of goals that we've scored as a football club, where would that have ranked? Because that was pretty special. Oh, it'd have been, I think it would have been up there, wouldn't it? Because you got to look at the... Um, position he plays on the pitch. I know he is Brazil, so they're more renowned um, from that South American country for their flair. But yeah, it was some, it was some run. I mean, I mean a couple of goals that sprung to mind, both like Spurs goals from the past, like the Ricky Veer goal against City when he weaved in and in between a few. And I, I don't know if you guys can remember David Ginola against Barnsley um, years and years ago, where he weaved in and out a load of them. And yeah, that was. I mean, watching it in the pub, it was like. Right, he's done one and he's done another. And you're like, God, how long can he kind of keep doing this? And when he'd um, gone by, I think it was Gerhi, he wanted it. And then, he, and then he's like, that's the where he's made the shooting opportunity. And he's literally then just levered it as hard as he can. And he's probably hit it too well to balance because he's gone straight at Johnston and he's he's made um, a save what I'd expect him to make, really. But then it actually comes back to him. And I think because of all what had happened, he'll probably be a little bit disappointed. He didn't really take the second bite of the cherry and test Johnson again, because he kind of just scuffed it back to Johnson, didn't he really? Which was a bit of a shame, but that, that was some run. Um, I mean, the balls you spoke about with Adam, I mean, that was just like when Michael Dawson broke into the Forest team back in, I think it was 2002 season, where he could just ping the ball from one side of the pitch to the other at ease. And that, and so that was, brilliant and he looks I mean we're only two games in so you have you know you've got to ease expectations because he's a young lad and I'm sure there will be times when um you know his age might show a little bit but yeah um they were full of praise for him weren't they on Sky Sports and he looks um another player we've got from South America who could be a real good value for us um and that's what we've kind of we've said on this pod haven't we all along we've got to be looking at players who for pretty nominal fees in this division. Um, you know, what was it, 13 million euros? So I know I'm, I'm talking 13 million, but it's still not a lot in the grand scheme of things. And then, you know, down the line, he might, we might treble as money on him, you don't, or even more, you never know. So, yeah, yeah, he, he looks a real, t- he looks a real talent. And he's, to, to say how like bulky he looks as well, to have them type of moves in him, it was. Yeah, it was something to behold that run, and I'm I'm gutted it didn't go in. Um, and that's two wonder goals now. Sam Johnson's stopped us to go with that Gediora one from a few years back. Oh god, yeah, the one from his own half, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you one of those like nemesis players, like Dean Gherkin was, or like 
was it Rudy Justed, where you just like they just play Forest and just put in like a worldy display. But, Jordan Rhodes, yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah. Rhodes, yeah. And I think what's most impressive, and um, it was, like, was it Dobby as well? Stephen Dobby, you just like cherish playing Forest. But um, I think what's most impressive is obviously you look at when we signed Danilo, and we took us a good two months to really fully integrate him. Like I know he obviously had bits in the team, and then like he was out for a while, and then we had Leeds at home in February, I think it was, and Delano wasn't great if he was hooked at half time. And then obviously came back in again towards late March and started going on the run that he did. But Marino straight away is basically he's gone. This is my shirt now. See you later. Like, and that's incredible, really. Like, you know, I think I saw that he's like playing professional football in April, he'd been in the youth academy before then. So it's quite remarkable rise, really. Even, but you are right in what you say. He's only twenty-one. There's going to be mistakes in him. He's only going to be young, so you have to be yeah, patient with him. See, but it's very by, exciting. Yeah, you have to see by the players bright and pick up from. You know, they've not had much experience on, and and they, and they don't mind sticking them in. And look how many of them's worked mm. out for them. So you know, you a lot of players just need that chance to go and show what they can do. They just need that bit of luck. Um, we, we you know we've heard Joe Wall speak, didn't we? He literally got broke into the Forest team because he basically asked Philip Montagne, oh, give me a chance and I can, you know, um, prove you wrong. And, you know, years later, he's the Forest captain and playing in the Premier League. So some players just need that chance. Um, so for him to come in and look like he has after two games is really good, but I'm not going to go, <laughs> not going to start saying he's a Ballon d'Or nominee just yet. <laughs> It's, it's kind of like <laughs> it's, it's 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 strange because like it 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 almost seems a little bit arrogant, but you can say that it's kind of a good season to to do that to like better player in of that caliber. But but like also you still kind of got to look over your shoulder because as a as as the Everton fan said from last season, it only takes three games to be in a crisis, doesn't it? So I, I suppose it's got a, Cooper's got to find that balance. But like like Reece says it. I mean, two games in, and he's he's looked pretty decent. I know he was a bit shaky first couple of minutes in the Brentford game, but other than that, he was pretty good. And I mean, those crossfield passes—I mean, they're not floaters, are they? They're absolute zingers, aren't they? So I mean, it's it's exciting and it's good, and it's good to see that that network we've got now with the South American kind of scouting network that we've got there is good, and hopefully that will benefit us even more so down the line. I mean, there's a, there's a Nathan will probably tell us, I'm sure, that there's a there's a conveyor belt of them all over the shop. It's like playing football manager mm. in real life. It's great. <laughs> no, it's, it's certainly pretty something at the minute. But I suppose the second half, I mean, the good news is we didn't concede in the first 15 minutes the second half, which is nice. That's a sort of put a stop to that one for now, at least. But Palace did grow into it a little bit more, Adam. I mean, <laughs> the Matessa chance, especially, we probably were quite fortunate not to go behind at that point. Um, although some of the things I've seen said about Matessa afterwards, I saw someone say it's like when you're playing with someone at school, they don't know how to play football, you just sort of just run to the ball. And, um, yeah, it wasn't, it, wasn't particularly, it up, I mean, I've never been particularly impressed with him anyway, but it's, it come up on Sky, didn't it? I think three, it come up on Sky pre game into that. I think he scored one in his last 32 in the Pram, and then literally when yeah, that chance come to him, you thought, here we go, it's going to be two and 33. Because that's how it kind of used to be in the championship, didn't it? With us, um, just playing Very and so. scored for ages, getting their one solitary goal a season. So, I mean, he's a bit, he's a big bugger as well, you know. Bloody Nora, like, seen him, in, in, yeah. seen him in, him and Edward were, were two. 
powerhouses really up top for Palace yesterday. And I thought credit to him because that injury list, I mean, I wrote about it on Twitter before that I'd be really annoyed with the result if we didn't have a go at him because, I mean, Noeze, Elise, Decore, um, trying to think who else was missing from him. But a, Joel a number Ward of, was missing. Joel Ward. Yeah, but obviously, not bad, right? Yeah, obviously Henderson. Jefferson Lerma. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They've got a number of players out, and and I thought actually they they played really they played quite well to an extent. I thought Jordan Jordan Ayew causes a lot of problems, and I thought uh, Raksaki when he come on actually looked quite bright for him. So yeah, it was. I mean, it was a bit of a worry because you're kind of thinking all that hard work we've done. We've played some really nice football during the game. I think a lot of Palace fans come away and said actually it was probably a hard fought point one for them. Really, they got probably a bit away got away with it a little bit. So. It would have been really like gutting if we'd conceded and lost yesterday. So at least like we we can take so many positives out of it and then and and build on that. I mean the, the midfield three were, were so good and the ball got moved so much faster than last week. If we'd played like that last week, we would have won. So it just goes to show like like you say, kind of gelling. I mean it's it is hindsight from my thing. I've probably got too much of a higher standards. So yeah, it would have been I was definitely very, very, very worried when that got played in, but thankfully Mateta spooned it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if an ounce more composure and probably be a bit more trouble. But going back to the injury point, I mean, I'm not going to dispute that Palace had injuries because they didn't have injuries. It's very evident to see. I mean, the names you've ruled off, they clearly did. But, you know, we're still talking about a team that had Ayu, Edwards, Johnson was in goal still. They had their first choice, if it was Gerhard Anderson in the midfields, Mitchell's at left back. So, you know, there were five first teamers down and look at it from that perspective. Obviously, Henderson was signed for big money as their, as their highest earner, but he's still not first choice. You could easily counter that and say, well, look, Forrest didn't have a one, he didn't have near car, so he didn't have, you know, like lost Oreo at half time. So, you know, every team Tavares, has injuries. So, you know, I, 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 yeah, Tavares and Felipe both out as well. So, you know, I, I kind of don't really... Uh, it's something I'll ask you again a bit later on about how was it a massive missed opportunity? Because I sort of think like, you know, yeah, they had a few injuries and yeah, it's not looking good. But equally, we also had several injuries of players out as well. So it was sort of like almost a balanced sort of playing field, if you like. But Reese, thankfully, that was really the last that Palace really troubled us. I mean, you know, there was one incident where Matt Turner sort of flew out, tried to punch a sort of flats at a cross really but other than that there was nothing really Palace offered but the same couldn't be said the other way around in which you know Forrest did create some decent chances I mean there was the the Montiel the Canio effort which was sort of blocked by Henderson and just sort of went over was that going in probably not I think Dodds would have saved it still top marks for trying but the um the there was two of note I thought were really good chances one more so than the other I absolutely loved the Dominguez and Montiel link up on the right hand side, for, which obviously led to Dominguez cutting in and um, sort of trying to curl one past Johnston. But the, the big one for me came at the end, right at the end, like nearly the last kick of the game. And it sort of worked to Alanga and I don't even know how to describe it. Like his first touch sort of just balloons off him and then it just goes ahead of Origi. But did you, I thought that was a moment personally, if we're going to get a goal, that was it then? Because Alanga getting the ball from the biggest in that position for me has to do a lot better. But what did you think? I think they started to tire, didn't they? Because to be fair, their first 11, you said we're going to talk about it later, so I won't talk about it too much. Their first 11, I thought, was still pretty decent. Um, but they didn't really have anybody on the bench to come on. 
They brought Raksaki on, who's really highly rated, but I think he's hardly he's hardly played at this level. So um, I did think they started to tire then, um, and that's when we kind of got more of that foothold in the game. I mean, the Montiel effort was <laughs> some effort and some technique, but I, I do think Johnson would have saved that personally. We kind of had his like mini, nearly goal of this month competition, which none of them seemed to happen for us. And I think there was probably the Toffolo one, the Gibbs White one, the Murillo one, and the Montiel one. Um, if they'd all gone in, would have got in the goal of the month, but unfortunately, none of them did. But um, yeah, then. What was the other chance, as you said? There was the Alanga one at the end, wasn't there? And what was the, the one, one at the end of Alanga, yeah. Yeah, and the, 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 the one the, where the, the one gets caught in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that was a pretty meeting. That was really good work from Dominguez and Montiel. Um, I mean, Dominguez looks a hell of a player. Um, I mean, he looks the spit of Marco Verratti to me. So if he's half the player he is, we're, we're on to one. So, um, yeah, that, that was pretty much me to drink, say, for Johnson. That one, he, he, he palmed away. Um yeah, the the Alanga one, he just kind of snatches it. He's touched, doesn't he? Um, which is a shame. But, he, you know, like we said, he's a young lad. And, he, he's, and, you know, Cooper says about these positive mistakes down the road, they've got to be kind of ironed out. And we've got to, he's got to be taking that chance like he did the one at Chelsea, which was an incredible finish. And the other one for me, which um, you didn't mention, was the one where Toffolo got in down the left. And he chipped it to the back post. Now, I think, and it wasn't a bad ball, to be fair. I think Montiel came in on it until he got blocked, actually. But I generally think if he'd have gone low with that ball and drilled it across, Chris Wood was in the position at the back post where he's probably most effective and he might have got a tap in there, similar to how he did against Manchester City uh, last season. So there were so many positives and some of the build-up play, I mean, was absolutely fantastic. Um I thought about this earlier and we go back to last season to see how kind of far we've come up in, in the build-up play. And when we we go back to Fulham away and we were literally myself raving about John Joe Shelby coming on because he could basically pass the ball forwards. And now he's absolutely isolated in Turkey and, you know, we're, we're playing some lovely stuff. So that just shows you how far we kind of have come. Um, but, and, but like we keep saying, it's just that, final touch into that final product. Um and you and you did sense to be fair yesterday that if we would have got if we would have gone ahead, I think we would have probably scored again. It was just getting that one goal and unfortunately it just couldn't quite it's just not quite happening for us at the minute. But there is a point when I do think it will click and you look at the next home game, you know, I'm not taking any games lightly in this league because it's a bloody tough league, but that is a game you look at and think, could it all click in that one and we, and we could win that? Not at a canter, but comfortably, you'd say. You'd hope so. I think you are right. If it Once it falls into place, then, you know, it will. It could be quite scary. But I've, one thing I've noticed, I think, being a Premier League club is that it seems to happen much faster than it does in the league below. Like, you know, when we talk about how things start to click in jail and sort of things like that, it does seem to generally be a lot quicker. Whether that's down to player quality, I presume it is. Yeah, it's just um, stuff. Yeah, exactly. But it just seems as if ideas are bedding in much faster and say onboard information a lot better, which is probably why, you know, they are where they are. But um, yeah, hopefully it will be, you know, we can sort of put a team to the sword. I don't think we're far off. I really don't. I think we're just a little bit, tiny bit sort of like, just a bit of tinkering in the mid, in the final third. I mean, we've got a, um, if you look at like the team as a whole, I think generally speaking, the midfield now looks settled. That was a big sort of block we had to overcome there we've done. So defence is doing all right. No, no, that's sort of more shop and changey. But it, 
now that that sort of final third it's sort of not quite falling into place for us but i'm sure it will um yeah i mean in terms of the game that was that i mean it wasn't it wasn't anything to really write home about it wasn't um, a wonderful match by any means imagination although forest did play well so i guess we'll move on to slept on it thoughts red side of the trent Slept on it thoughts. And you did call it, Christian, right, to be fair. So I did. I did call it. Yeah, I thought you'd have took some uh thought you'd have took some credit for that. No, no, no. Oh uh first perfect result of the season. Don't want to get too carried away. It might not happen again. So we'll see. But anyway, so slept on it thoughts. We'll go with uh, Nigel Clough was son of God said, best we played about winning all three points. Can I please publicly declare my love for Morello? Osh Jones says, it is what it is. Love a catchphrase for a former manager. In fact, the same one. Uh, two mid-table sides happy to take a point before the international break. Yes, they were weakened, but it was forest away. Both teams happy with the point, but we are comfortable and slap bang mid-table. It's progress at the end of the day. Onwards to Luton. Premier League Elliot says, Oh, that's Premier Elliot now. His Toffolo proving next man up works. I'm proud of his performance. New Sky Sports would get an Amarillo joke in. Uh, Lineker did as well, match of the day for what it's worth. Uh, spent the first part of the second half wondering who the captain was. I'm beaten all month. I'll take that. Hmm. That's a didn't even realise that. I'm beaten all month. Hey, just started. That's why. Um, anyway, Will Scarlett said, a good away point. A bit of a missed opportunity. It's a far cry from theory drumming every away match like last season. Only three goals scored in the last six matches. Points clearly towards the area of improvement. Uh, Cycle was back. So another very good performance in the road. Uh, Gibbs White, Murillo and Montiel all desperately unlucky not to score. Tyro was a big miss, but the progress we are making is extremely encouraging. James says you can never knock a point on the road in the Premier League, but today felt we like a missed opportunity. We're lacking that killer instinct to win a game like that. We looked very strong. You can see partnerships starting to form onto Luton. Uh, Andrew Newt says slept on it. Thought it was a disappointing result. An injury ravaged Palace were there for the taking, and we never really laid a glove on them. Uh, Kyle f- sort of follows that along, says slept on it. Feels a bit like a disappointment given the Palace injuries, but a point away in the Premier League is always a good one. Murillo's mustard, Gibbs White needs more when products go, his unbelievable ability. The next game is massive. And Chris Streamer says, I guess it's a sign of how far we come. I was gutted for a point at full time. Thought it was a missed opportunity with their injuries. That's a very recurring theme here. Uh, but a point at Palace, established Premier League side, isn't to be sniffed at. Eight games in, three away defeats. The last season's top three is massive progress. And last but not least, we've got Phil, who says, I hope Christian put a bet on that and he would have got spot on. Sadly, I did not. Um, but that's the best midfield we have. Body was good again. Murillo, wow, two games of the best player on the pitch. Can never stop at a point away, but overall, probably two dropped. It will click, hopefully, for Luton. Thank you all for getting your set on it thoughts in. I'll do it again. It's great not to, be able to read out all of them because we've got so many. So, massive thank you for those. I think we will go on that sort of theme because it is sort of the sort of topical sort of thing you like there's a lot of people saying it was a missed opportunity and on the one hand I kind of get that Adam but on the other you know I'm just looking at their team now so it was Johnson in goal Nathaniel Klein Anderson Gurhey Mitchell Jeffrey Schluck Hughes Riderwald and IU Mateta and Eduard up front I mean yeah Pedro had a few injuries but that's by no means a bad 11 like we've played much worse than that already this season I'd say it's a I think Reese summed it up quite well in the in our group chat. It's like a glass half full kind of feeling where 
missed opportunity, but you're away from home at a team where they haven't they don't lose very often against sides from outside the big six at Sellers. I think Callum Castell put a an interesting stat about that. They're not lost there since like January or something, or or, or even yeah, earlier December. Uh, December yeah. yeah. So the last time they lost a team outside the big six was December. They had nine men for that. And the time before that was in January 2022. So yeah. Yeah, I, I I think it I think it's just the matter of it's the 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 fashion of chances that we had, wasn't it? They're all so like ifs and maybes. Like Reese says, I think if if that Gibbs White one drops in, I think I wouldn't say the heavens open, but you you get a more open palace and you get more holes to exploit there. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of them where literally an inch or two either side of, of, of a post kind of thing and it swing, swings in your favour because I do think we were getting on top. It's the best we've played, I think, since we've been promoted. I thought we just looked so slick at times. I mean, I mean we've not mentioned Harry Toffolo actually coming in at left-back and I thought he offered so much balance down the left-hand side. He got forward so well supporting Hudson-Odoi and it, it gave Hudson-Odoi so much more space to then run inside when he could. And I mean, he was a bit unlucky. He got shut out quite a fair few times and I think that will come with more games and confidence for Hudson Odoi. So and and then obviously it's like we say it's about shoehorn and if he gets gives White in the middle there, it's it's a it's a good link up because they already played together so much before. So it it's it's nice teething problems, like I said before. So yeah, I think I'm a glass half full kind of guy with that performance because but I'm more happy than last week because we actually peppered the goal. I think we nearly had twenty shots on goal. So you can't really grumble at that in in a sense. Yeah, it's always frankly very happy because we won on XG. <laughs> so it'd be the light of that one. But, um, going, obviously, Reese, going on the Palace is sort of defence as well. I mean, I think Johnson's now got the league most clean sheets in a row. So, sorry, league most clean sheets. They've got three in a row, I think, at the minute. And the only teams who have conceded, I think, less than Palace is City and Arsenal. So I think this, this sort of preconception that you know, it was maybe a bit of a walkover given who they had out is maybe a bit underestimating Palace, that makes sense. What do you say? Um, like I said earlier, I didn't I didn't go in depth on it. I thought their first eleven was pretty solid. I mean you only have to look at their back five. Um four of them are England internationals. I mean I know Klein was a while ago now, but have played for England. Gerh is still in involved now. So is Johnson who's the third choice. And Tyreek Mitchell's I, I think had a few call ups as well. And I'm, I'm sure if there is a left-back crisis come the Euros, he, he might be in the back of Southgate's mind. I'm surprised he actually didn't get in this squad uh, to say we haven't got a left-back, but that's another conversation. Um, you only have to look at our home record. Um, so the last time... Now, I'm going to include Newcastle in this because they're going to become... It's going to become the big seven and let Newcastle finish in the top four last season. You know, the last time we lost to without losing to a big seven team at home was Fulham and that was back in September. So the only the only teams we've lost to in that period are Manchester United and Newcastle and that was a last minute penalty against Newcastle. So it just shows you how hard it is to go away in the Premier League. Um it was never going to be a walkover. Um and I mean Adam kind of took my thunder with what I said, but I am kind of glass half empty that I do think it was a chance that we could have won the game, especially with how well we played, especially with the positions I say we got we got into. But um it's 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 a bit of a tough one, isn't it? On one hand, with how it was how dreadful we was last season away from home. 
to go to like Adam said an established Premier League side um, and get a point is a solid result but you do get greedy and <laughs> you kind of want more don't you so um, yeah I'm a bit like mixed emotions but um, it's not the end of the world I think if we'd have lost the game we'd have all been vastly disappointed wouldn't we and I think so to not lose a game is I mean you look at there was the IU chance wasn't there as well in the first half but the Matata chance really should have buried that I thought um, so yeah, in this league, we take a point on the road and we move on to the next one where, to be fair, the expectation levels will be on winning the next one. You know, there's no easy games in this league, but that is a game where you look at home against Luton with respect to them. Of We should be winning that game, really. You'd like to think so, yeah. I mean, I've still covered out the predictions, but I know they sort of improved a little bit recently, but you still like to think we you have to get a job done in that one. I thought what was perhaps the biggest indication of how the game went was Hodgson's um, comments at post-match, actually. He basically is on the lines of, you need to know when in football a point is a good point. And he felt that the one yesterday was a very good point because he said that we very easily could have lost that today. So I kind of got from his... Yeah. yeah, I kind of got from... I haven't seen what he said, but... Um... I kind of got from his body language at the end of the game because I think he was a bit, he was smiling a little bit, and I think he was probably happy that, you know, with with them not having much strength and depth to come off the bench, I think he would have probably said, "Look, Roy, if you can take a point with this one and we move on into the international break, you can get some rest for some and get some injuries back." I think he would have took it to be honest. Um, he's an experienced manager, into so he'll know the score. And I think, to be fair, I think, I think even we might have been the same and. You know, we come back off the international break and we kind of go again for a few weeks and, yeah, get some more. Um, it's a shame we've got so many internationals now, isn't it? But that's the level we're at. But get a bit of rest in the legs and a bit more of this chemistry going and, yeah, into um, finally a 3pm kickoff. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, we have a rarity that, isn't it? But before we hop on to it, we'll look at um, some slips on it. So we'll stop on it. Player performances. So, Adam, we'll start with you and we'll go with, you sort of mentioned earlier, Harry Toffolo, obviously came in at left back, uh, came in against the Brentford game, for example, played very well, got, got assists, uh, was rewarded with that at the start, and looks like he's given Cooper a bit of a headache. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I said this last week, I wasn't sure that we'd actually see him again this season, especially with the the allegations, or the, or the betting, it wasn't allegations, it was all truth on it or whatever. But anyway, that that, that kind of off the field and uh, stuff that, that was hovering over his head. I wasn't sure we'd see him, and, and, and then obviously Aina being able to play there, Tavares. But I thought, like I said, he, he just offered so much more balance. He gave us so much more going forward, and and, and was pretty solid at, at left wing. I thought Raksaki played well against him, to be fair. But he, he also was quite equal to him at the same time. And 
I do like Toffler. I think he's got a level of aggression, which I do quite like from a fullback. Same with Montiel. He like, gets right in in that winger's uh, backs and that. I mean, we saw how good Toffler was against Jed Spence in the playoff final, to be honest. So, you know, he, he's got the capabilities of of stopping like the half-decent fast wingers and, and fast players coming at him. And I mean, the effort he had against Johnston, I mean, if that had bloody flown in, wow. I mean, Joe, <laughs> one player's run onto them. I don't know what you guys think, but you just always imagine them, like, especially from a defender, they're just going to go straight over the bar. And I mean, that must have stung the palms of, of Johnson. It's just a shame it wasn't quite in the corner to like really trouble him. I think if it if it was, I think it would have flown in. So yeah, he he, he offered. I think he, like you say, he offered a few headaches now for for Cooper. But again, it's 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 very, it's good. It's positive, isn't it? Because you know people are fighting for the shirts and and Toffolo definitely like. I think it means quite a lot to him. Do you know when you like look at his posts on on Twitter and stuff? He clearly quite like he quite liking his time here, doesn't he? I think he's because he's come through the he's come through the FL system and he's kind of started at the bottom and he's got to where he has because of really hard work and did, yeah, I think did, he, did he have a that. did he have an opportunity at Norwich didn't he when he was a bit younger yeah, and then ended up dropping down went, to Lincoln he went to Lincoln yeah yeah, yeah he's his right. um his pod with the official Forest pod um giving him a plug there <laughs> it was actually um quite good yeah he was um really down to earth guy you can see. You know why he's got to the level he has, um, and he's took advantage of the injuries. And he's let's be honest, he's probably third choice left back. And Einer and Tavares are injured. He's come in and he's been he's done a good job. That's happened a lot over over the time since Cooper's come in. Isn't it when players injured, mm. suspended, someone seems to take the opportunity, which is a good thing. At the yeah. end of the day, the, the, the only slight little oh, criticism I could have given him was the one where I think it was in the first half when Raksaki had just come on. He he went to ground into in the box. Yes. And then Raksaki took it the other way, but thankfully that comes to nothing. But um, mm. after that, I thought he did pretty well for someone who's um, a young, nippy, quick winger, to be fair. Yeah. But definitely, yeah. It's, 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 it's very interesting to sort of see how these players react. I mean, I know one of the big things I've always emphasised on as a club, it seems to sign players with good personalities, players with good attitudes. And I think Toffolo really has epitomised that. You know, like I, I, I agree with what you said, Rhys. I think there's a lot, a big part of that in that he's sort of like, he's done the hard yards. He's been at like run down stadiums in front of like five people essentially and worked his way up into a Premier League footballer. It's, incre- it's like, it's an incredible arc really. So obviously I think he's just very more, more appreciative perhaps than anything else. But yeah, I thought again, very steady, very solid. And I know obviously, Williams was back on the bench, so um, probably because I know until I was both injured. But again, he's not getting a look in, and really, I don't see where he's going to because Reese from one fullback to another, uh, Montiel. I'll give you Montiel. So I know obviously Ore went off injured at half time, not what we wanted, but um, Montiel seems to very much shaken off that dodgy start at Burnley, doesn't he? Yeah, um, it's just one game, one it, um, you know, some. Some players can start off incredibly well. You know, the the one example I always use is Chris O'Grady, where you know he played like Prime Ronaldo at QPR, um, and then he was pretty average after that. But yeah, um, yeah, I thought Montiel come on and did quite well. I mean, the the Canio scissor effort was um, yeah, brilliant technique as we discussed earlier. But um, he is someone who is gonna. We've spoken about this before. He is more of a wing back. He is somebody who is going to get forward more than Aurier and offer an attacking threat more than Aurier, but Aurier is probably going to defend better and not get as caught out as much. You know, going back to that first game, Montiel did dive in a lot, but 
you know, the last two times I've seen he's kind of got that at his system a little bit. So it gives us different options, doesn't it? And we've said this, the squad, the squad depth is so much better now and it gives Cooper such a headache at times that he can play certain formations, he can play certain styles. So, you know, that it, it, that's should be good, really. But, um, yeah, I think we've got, you know, we've got a World Cup winning right back and someone who was in my top three for player of the season last season. So, so yeah, fingers crossed um, it can carry on become a, a good player for us. Uh, definitely. I think, like, like Adam said, I think I, I do admire his willingness to run forward, even if it maybe does cut, like leave you a bit sort of behind almost. But, yeah, I, I, I do appreciate how much you he wants to put on the front foot. He wants to get his team on the front foot and he'll willingly move into position to try and help with that, which is probably a good thing. Um, with, with, Adam, with, we'll move on just, to... Just, on. I just wanted to say, just with like on, on like, if you get in fullbacks that are bombing forward, this is where your midfield three come into so much fruition because you've got like the likes of Mangala and Sangare who will just come, will just cover those those hard yards if they get forward and like if they, that space, if suddenly the ball gets turned over. So that's why you've paid the big bucks for that. Well, for, for Sangare especially, but Mangala who's just turned, I, I mean, I don't want to steal any thunder if you're going to give him me, Christian, but. <laughs> he's, be, he's become he's he's starting to find some consistency now, isn't he? To be fair, as well, there was times when Gibbs White got back on that side yesterday. Yeah, you know that that's something. To be fair, we don't know. Cooper might have told him not to do it at all, but that's something that Brennan Johnson didn't really give when we had him on the right wing, did we? We didn't mm. get much defensive support. I know now that might be Cooper told him to do that, which is fair enough. But you know, if if we want to have fullbacks who can bomb on, you do at times need. Like you said, Adam, that cover so you don't get a counter attack all of a sudden on you. Hmm. Sorry, Christian. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> going to give you um, give you sort of a double whammy if you like of two. I think we're going to cover all three midfielders next, but I was going to give you two of them in Sangare and Mangala. Again, it's quite nice to see the dissenting voices around Sangare sort of go down significantly. And um, I thought, again, another steady game. It just seems very difficult to get the ball off him, doesn't it, really? But Mangala's the one that's really sort of thriving. I, I mean, we've said this before. I think they've always, he's always looked better in a free Mangala. But but that being said, and as good as he's been, if slash when Nilo comes back, obviously with the final third still not quite full, like playing the final third still not falling into place, do you think that maybe Mangala's the one that would come out for Nilo if everyone was fit? It's that's so difficult to really answer, isn't it? Mangality, he's got it, hasn't he? So, um, <laughs> I don't think so, you know. I think I can see Danilo kind of being used as maybe as a bit of an orthodox kind of wide man, like he was last season, in a, in a bit of like a kind of a narrow sign of front three as such. But he can also do that role and, and bomb forward. I think Mangala just he, he sits at the base of that midfield and drops between the two centre halves really nicely. I know. Singari can probably do it as well. So it, it'll be interesting to see when Cooper does have that availability to him because I, I like Danilo's athleticism to get forward and, and be that on that Russian midfielder, a bit similar to like a, a Lampard, obviously not in that kind of ilk or anything. Um, but you know what I mean, like arriving late into the box, similar to the goal he scored against Southampton. So yeah, that's going to be... A real interesting one to to see how that kind of pans out and how Cooper approaches it. That might be a game to game basis, and depending on our opposition and what what 
he can exploit almost. But Sangare was yesterday was like, <laughs> I'm going to go back to a to a Crystal Palace reference we made last season, Reese, and he's a bit like Lalong, isn't he? <laughs> he's just got such long legs. He just like wraps them around people and just steals the ball. It's great. He was half as good as a player's Patrick Vieira was then. Yeah, <laughs> 30 million to snip. It's kind of similar, similar build. Like, I mean, I mean, we've mentioned Pogba, but yeah, like Vieira, very, slim, very slim gangly, long very gangly, gangly type of player, aren't they? But they can, like we said this last week, we wormed in the middle of the Burnley, was not the Burnley place, like the Brentford. Brentford. Yeah, yeah. you like really like because they're so gangly, they're hard to kind of shrug off the ball and they move quite quickly at times. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I think like, and then obviously, if you want to put Dominguez in this mix, I've, I just think they all, like you said at the top of the show, Christian, they kind of all complement each other quite nicely, and I think they all can do the same role. I I kind of criticise them for being too similar, but I thought Dominguez actually got forward quite a lot, quite nicely. I mean, the effort he he had at the end was was unfortunate. I think Johnston had a really good game for Palace, and that was just one of those those things where you come up against a goalkeeper who's having a having a good day at the end. And I didn't know about the stat about them keeping clean sheets as as well as they have done. So yeah, it's it's a nice blend in there in that midfield of of tenacity and, and actual guile as you want to call it maybe. They they're all quite smooth players as well. Just to quickly add on that as well with Danilo, we could end up playing like the Christmas tree formation where you've still got your three and then you've kind of got where Danilo was like on the left kind of attacking mid one to last season. Then that's that's what I was getting at. Yeah, earlier, yeah. yeah, with Gibbs White as well. And then obviously you've got your focal point with Tyra when he's fit. So like we said, that's another option for Cooper. He's, he's got plenty of them, I know that. Definitely. It's, it's a very good position to be in. It's nice. Uh, last player I'm with you, Reese. It's going to be a good one in Dominguez. Um, probably thinking, yay. However, I did see a Twitter comment, which I will levy to you, which sort of makes it a bit of an awkward one for you to handle. Someone said he's Ryan Yates of technical ability. So, how did you think Dominguez played? And what would you say to that comment? Um, to that comment, well, it depends what your kind of class of technical ability has. Does Ryan Yates, Ryan Yates' technicalities are, you know, we know his strengths. Ryan Yates uses the best of his strengths with his, I'm getting my words mixed up now. The, 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 you know, the technicalities Ryan Yates have is different to Dominguez, but I get what he's saying that because Dominguez can probably, can probably pass, well, he, he can pass better and get forward a bit better. I'm, I'm trying to make this where I'm not slating somebody who doesn't deserve to be it's slated. It's a very awkward one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, yeah I saw that comment, I'm, I was like, hang on, that's a I'm little just, bit harsh. <laughs> yeah, I just, what, I'm not being funny. Look, look, why does it always have to go back to with respect to Ryan Yates? What, you know, Yates is part of the squad. There'll be times when he'll be starting, there'll be times when he's on the bench and there'll be times when he doesn't play as well as he should and there'll be times when he's really good. That's just how football is. Not everything has to be all about one certain player. It's a squad game. We've invested a lot of money in that central midfield area, so there's going to be a lot of competition for places, you know. We're talk, we've just spoken about how is a player who a lot of people last season said is going to be the next wonder kid getting back in the team. So, it, it's just competition and I don't get why there has to be comparisons every game, to be honest. Um but I'm going to move on to Dominguez because he deserves to be spoken about because he's been he's been excellent ever since he's 
you know, he came into the team at Manchester City. Uh, it's three good games in a row. And I'm really glad that the injury last week obviously meant it wasn't a problem for yesterday. Um, you know, we spoke about the effort earlier, didn't we? That was lovely build-up playing movement from him on that um, on that right side. Um, so, I mean, them three at the minute, you can't argue against them losing the shirt, can you? I mean... Everyone's saying on Twitter how well it's knitting together in the middle of that part. So why, you know, if it ain't broke, why try and fix it? So I expect them three bar any injuries to be starting against Luton, to be honest. But um, yeah, Dominguez is looking a really good buy. Um, th- there's a lot of fraud about, I don't think it was a straight swap for Froiler, isn't it? it can't, I, I think it's, we paid some money and Froiler on top. There's a bit of like misinformation about that, but about eight million. Whatever, what, yeah, but whatever it is, you know, it's it's so far working out, and he looks a really good player. And um, yeah, to be honest, on the on the form, if he carries on this form, he'll be um, looking to get back in the Argentina squad. We do. Yeah, Nathan we, said that. We need some of um, We need some of the listeners to somehow come up with a song for Dominguez, but his name's a bit <laughs> awkward, isn't it? Doesn't it's, it's going to be a tricky one to force his name in somewhere, but. Cracking little player, I love him. Definitely, yeah, very good. Yeah, Nathan was saying that he felt that I think Montiel's gone into the Argentina squad for the next um, mm. list, but he was saying that you know the way Dominguez is playing, he won't be the only person from Nottingham getting on a plane to Argentina next time yeah. for games because he's yeah, playing I mean, brilliantly. They're not going to put him in after two good games, are they? I mean, you know, we're not in. No, but let's say he gets. I mean, I think the next one's in what Feb. Yeah, November. No, I think there's one. One oh. next month as well, I believe. Yeah, in November. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. maybe for that. Well, um, okay. So we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but anyway, we're going to move on to our next game, which, as we mentioned earlier, was a very rare three o'clock fixture on a Saturday at home at City Ground, where we host Luton Town, who. So some sort of resilience. I don't know if you saw any of the Spurs game, but I mean, how they weren't 3-0 down inside the first 10 minutes, don't really know. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's football, isn't it? You don't take your chances. You're on the risk of being, getting hurt. But, yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. It's going to be a very different proposition than the last we played Luton, Adam. How do you see the game going? I mean, it's difficult to say because now we're going to have a break. So it's kind of like... If, as long as we come back unscathed from international break, then and we, if we play like we did yesterday, then I've, I don't want, like Reese that you don't want to don't want to like kind of take anything for granted and, and who's going to be an easy game in this division because it's it's not like that. But I'd like to let's think if we take if we play like we did yesterday with and, and have that bit more of a killer instinct, then we should take him to the cleaners. To be honest, and I mean I don't mean that in disrespect, but. Come on, like if anyone's expecting anything less, then I'll be very shocked. But yeah, I'd like I'd like to say that we'll win it comfortably. Luton will come and make it very difficult for us. I can imagine sitting in sitting in and trying to play on the counter attack and getting it up to Colton Morris to try to be an awkward bugger up front for us. But I mean, Murillo kind of manhandled Mateta and as an Edward and even well, Bolly. Like <laughs> like raging bull at some t- at some point yesterday it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, I expect us to go and beat him. I don't I don't want to like kind of predict too much because we don't know what what both sides are going to come back like after the international break with with us having so many internationals. I don't know what what Luton situation is like. Probably I don't want to assume, but I, I I'm I'm going to that they haven't got as many as we have. So I, I expect us to beat him. I'll say 
I'm going to say 2-0 to be kind. I like. I, I do generally think it'll be more, but 2-0, I'll go. Uh, Reese, what about you? Yeah, just someone as well, just to quickly, Adam mentioned there, um, I totally agree with John Percy's tweet last night about um, Willy Bolly. I mean, what was it, 2.25 million? I mean, he's been an absolute slip, and I thought he was he was very good again last night. Um I just, I just love that. He's just got like a massive head, hasn't he? He just absolutely blocks everything. It's absolutely great. Um, that's, I really actually do love, quite love him, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, in at this level, like we've said, it, it's you can't take anything for granted. You really can't. And every game is going to bring its problems. Luton will, at times, I think, cause us problems. Um, that's just how the Premier League is, there will be probably a period of the game where they might have an opportunity or, you know, make it a bit tricky for us. But I'm going to say, probably say this for probably the first time this season, this is a game I fully expect us to win, to be honest. And I'd be vastly disappointed if it was anything but a win. Whether, if that means it's a 1-0 win, I would generally take that. But um, yeah, it's a game... We've got to be looking at winning, and I agree with Adam. I'd be vastly surprised if anybody says any different. And this is no disrespect to Luton. I think every team who plays them at home this season will be saying the exact same with respect to him. So, um, I'm going to agree with Adam. I'm going to go for two nil. Um, it's just a bit of a shame it is the break now, and again, um, it kind of things are knitting well, and it's kind of you know you, you want to keep playing club football because you know. Mean we're all England fans, and but one of the games is a, a meaningless friendly against Australia, which I'm not asked about, and the other, to be fair, is a qualifier against Italy. But you know that we, we kind of all know England are going to qualify, and and then the the players who have got who are going like to Africa, and now I've just looked at Ivory Coast as fixes. They're two friendlies, for example, and you think what a waste of time. But you'd rather them be with us training and resting and getting you know, to know everything better, but it's still it's just the way it is. So it's a shame um we've got the break, but um hopefully when we can come back we can get back into things quickly and get going how we have been again. But this time with the with the final product. So I'm gonna go two 0 again. Yeah that's better. We need to get Lee's thing actually yeah the purple will add that as when we find out. I get the feeling that as much as I agree with both of you it should be a game that we win. It should be a game that we cruise. It's not really the way Forest do things. I reckon we'll be talking next Sunday or Monday, whenever it'll be, and we'd have laboured to a one 0 win, and we'll be saying what went wrong, why aren't we creating anything, how much we missed Taiwo, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I, I honestly, I, I, again, I think Luton. I mean, they've just not to big them up because I mean, there's nothing to really big up. I mean, there's a reason why they're in the bottom three, but they do seem to be adapting a lot quicker than say Sheffield United for example and you know the Burnley game obviously last week you know they went well down to really stupid goals before half time awful awful defending um but then they just banged and banged on the door and then just very naively conceded within 50 seconds so I won the strike from Ron Larson but even yesterday you know they hung in okay Spurs should have been out of sight they weren't Richard should have scored twice in the first five minutes he didn't and they caused a problem. They should have actually gone one nil up, really. Adibayo missed an unbelievable chance from about two yards out and someone put it wide. And, you know, had he scored that, who knows? So, because Spurs, you know, their goalkeeper set piece on, but they all from work for one. So they are adapting a bit better. I think they'll set up to frustrate us 
I am a little bit concerned that we're not creating that much. I mean, obviously, I know we had 20 shots and whatever else, but that's that's all well and good. But how many of those are actually meaningful? How many of those did Johnson actually really have to do a lot of work for? Maybe the Murillo one, the other ones are all pretty relatively easy height for him to deal with. So we haven't really forced him into much to do. So, yeah, I think, I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. And I hope that, you know, Horvath isn't leaking team information to his old boss or whatever else. But I, I really... I doubt it because it's really turned him down. Very true. <laughs> but yeah, I really hope I'm wrong. I hope we're talking to you in a couple of weeks and we've won 5-0, whatever else. We've absolutely blitzed the team. It's all clicked and fallen into shape. And, you know, we're all up and running. But I've just got a feeling it's going to be very difficult. It seems that whenever we made favourites for a game, we don't seem to adapt very well. Sheffield United and Burnley are prime examples. Even Brentford before the game. Brentford were in a poor run of form. A lot of people thought we'd win that. We didn't. We're lucky to leave a point in the end. I can kind of see us going the same way. But equally, these are all transitional things we have to deal with as we become a more mid-table Premier League side. I mean, for context, this time last year, our record was played eight, won one, drawn one, lost six, scored six, conceded 21, which 21 goals in nine games we can see. That's abysmal. This year, it's played eight, won two, drawn three, lost three, eight goals and 10 goals conceded. But we've played... uh, was it Arsenal? We played City. We played United. We played Chelsea. So all of those away from home as well. So the improvement in that alone is so so stark. But I don't know. I something's just niggling at me saying it's only one nil. But it's still a win. So we'd all take that, wouldn't we? Anyway, until next week, we might have uh, a little surprise for you. We just have to break. We have to keep your eyes uh, Lisa Sanchez prediction. But... In by the way, he's going for three one to Forest. Good man. Okay, great stuff. But yeah, other than that, so we'll have to round up the scores for that. And yeah, keep your eye out for what we have potentially plans without giving anything away. And yes, we'll see you as and when we see you with Forest safely in mid-table. Five points for the drop zone. What a nice thing to say. Could be a lot worse. Could be a league one. Anyway, take care, guys. Until next time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.